Hey, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major audio podcatchers, and Odyssey as well. Credit to Justin Campbell at jcamp1521 on Twitter uh, for the intro. If you're another podcaster out there looking for someone to handle stuff like intros, you know, supercuts, clips, whatever, uh, pretty much anything podcast related, uh, he's your guy. Go hit him up. Uh, get you know, see if he's willing to do a commission, which I'm sure he will. Uh, today, my guest is Sal Mayweather, a.k.a. Sal the Agorist. Uh, if you're watching on the 23rd, this is a live stream, June 23rd. Uh, it'll only be available tonight uh, publicly, and then about a week from now, roughly, depending when I drop it, it'll go public again. Uh, if you want to be able to have access to it in the meantime, uh, you need to become a patron uh, at pat- at pat- or patron at patreon.com. So it's no way Jose 2020. Lowest level is two bucks. Uh, that gets you the basic stuff. There's other multiple levels, the highest being 20. The $20 level is my sponsors. I have CD McRae of the Whiskey and Tea Podcast. I have Jeremy. He has an Etsy at etsy.com slash shop slash Raising Liberty. Um, you can also follow him on Twitter at Jeremy Rhymes. I have Mikkel Thorpe of the Expat Money Show. Uh, if you're a person of means who's looking to move out of the country or do any sort of you know stuff along those lines to kind of move towards more liberty, freedom, what have you, He's your guy. He does that as a business. He also has a podcast. It kind of goes into similar type content along those lines. Today, the topic uh, is, I, like I said, I have Sal. So we're continuing my uh, New Libertarian Manifesto live reading. Uh, we are in the critique portions. Uh, we're nearing the end. Probably only have a couple episodes left. Right now, we're doing uh, Konkin's response to Robert LaFerre. Uh, so we already in the last episode covered LaFaire's critique of New Libertarian Manifesto. And now Conkin's going to give his response. Uh, next week, uh, I'm having Duncan, or I'm not Duncan, but I'm, I'm doing a seance. Uh, no, I have Magnus Panvidia, and we are going to be covering the Duncan Lemp uh, incident, uh, which I do think it's really pertinent with all the gun control talks and stuff, especially red flags. And you can kind of bicker whether uh, the Duncan Lemp thing was technically a red flag or not, but it's definitely the same vein. Uh, so it's definitely something to be aware of. Uh, also, sort of in a similar vein, I just did uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and if you're watching this when this becomes publicly available, it should already be out by that point. I covered the OKC bombing, uh, you know, kind of the, you know, breaking down the official government narrative because it's, I mean, it's one, if you start digging into the OKC bombing, it's probably one of the most fucky uh, narratives uh, there is. And uh, yeah, me and Richard Booth go into it. It was initially, we were probably going to do like one episode, but, uh, you know, going into it, I think honestly now this is probably at least going to be a three episode series. There is so much. Uh, this is one of those ones you just go down the wormhole. And, it, and it's not one of those ones where you're, you know, you go into weird, crazy. I mean, don't be wrong. It's crazy conspiracy stuff, but not like super duper crazy. And it, it, these a lot, these, uh, a lot of these things are things that are backed up by, uh, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of it's just like eyewitness reports and stuff, but there are videos or, you know, news reports. There is so much on it. That it I mean, it was one of those things that happened in the 90s. So it, I think the, the Fed boys probably weren't able to tamper it down to the same degree they are now. They didn't have the same sort of uh, internet control. Uh, I do want you guys know, yesterday we did Tower Power Hour. Uh, you know, go follow them on Odyssey. Odyssey, Odyssey, Odyssey. We do have a YouTube channel, but uh, we don't really promote that. Odyssey is where we go because we've already been nuked once off YouTube. So, uh, yeah, don't I – mean, Odyssey, 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 all the way for that. Uh, they're doing one at Pork Fest. Actually, I think they're doing it right now. Uh, they're doing that one with uh, – with uh, I always mix Richard Booth and him up. Richard Grove. So they're doing Richard Grove. They have him. They're doing a, like the Conspiracy Month thing we're doing over Tower Power Hour. Next week, uh, which, I mean, if you're watching this, this is available publicly. It'll probably already be out. We're having Ryan Dawson on, and uh, we're going to go into – uh, probably one of well, probably there's a good chance we might get our, our second YouTube nuked for this one because uh, we're going into revisionism, historical revisionism for the Big H. I'll put it that way just to uh, guard my uh, account because uh, I'm not quite ready for that heat. But Tower Power, we've already we're, we've gone accustomed to being nuked. We're developing a good following over Odyssey, so it is what it is. If anything, I prefer getting it nuked over and over again to keep moving people over Odyssey. Uh, all right. Uh, top lobster, go check out his work. You know, you can get my merch there. You can get tower power merch. You can get naturalist capitalist merch. You can break the cycle merch. You can get Liberty lockdown merch, uh, all sorts of other merch. Uh, and then also original stuff. He does go to top lobster.com. He's Jose at checkout for that. With that, let's go ahead and get selling here and get moving on this. Hey, what's up, man? 
What's up? How are you, my friend? Good, good, good. What have you been up to these days? I think it's been a couple weeks since we've done this. Yeah, man, just working, staying busy, you know. Yeah, same here. Nothing new. I don't really have anything interesting to talk about. <laughs> I like we talked before. I did get nuked off Twitter, so I mean that's the, probably the yeah, newest thing. I'm not too worried about it. it. Is what it is. I'll come back. I'll come back. Kind of hoping Daddy Daddy Elon, I think, just bought it. So hope I'm hoping he uh, he falls through on everything he said he did. He was going to do so I can uh, come back. We'll see. We'll see you how that goes. Approved too, so it's, yeah. it looks like it's going to go through. Yeah, yeah. So I might be back. That's why I'm kind of holding off on making a new account because I'm like <laughs> I put in my appeal. Uh, they got me for ban evasion, which is legit. I have been ban evading. I've been banned before. Uh, so, but and then I, I put in the appeal. I'm like, I think you had me confused with another fellow. Uh, <laughs> he's not. He's not times. buying until October, though, right? That deal doesn't get finalized until like the fall. So you might have to wait a while. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I don't know. If, if I'm not gonna wait long, if it's like a week or two, I'm, I'll probably bounce and be like, whatever. Let's make an account. But I'll probably always keep an eye out in case they bring it back. But uh, I mean, you know, like the when they initially were Elon was talking about it, there was that like moment where you know I'm sure you even noticed where there was that like, it, like all of a sudden we started getting a ton more followers, our you know tweets started oh, hitting yeah. a lot harder, like yeah. you know people there seemed to be it seemed to be going back to old Twitter, and then it seemed like right. it fell through, and then it kind of slipped back. So I'm hoping kind of it does the whiplash is back. Yeah, again, especially as now soon as it's for real. As soon as as soon as Elon backpedaled like a little bit and he said something like, you know, are, are do you guys really have this many active users? Or he started questioning their their numbers. Then all of a sudden, like when the deal looked like it wasn't gonna go through, then all of a sudden the the bump in followers went back down. It's almost like they like took the 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 governor off, and then once they realized that they might still be in control of Twitter, they put it back on. Mm. <clears throat> yeah that's exactly what it looks like to me so i don't know we might be back in good territory soon there was there was a good little blip where like it reminded me when i first came on twitter and i was like this is awesome yeah like, i do love twitter it's pretty it's pretty awesome a lot of people say it's cesspool but i i know i uh i revel in that cesspool i have fun there so. <laughs> yeah me too me too <laughs> um yeah well all right um i guess let's go ahead and get into it we're doing the uh covering the critique i think we probably only have like uh two more episodes left because uh, we have, we're doing uh, Conkin's reply to Lafair right now, and then next episode, because there's no way we don't knock this out in one episode. It's only ten pages. Uh, then we're going into Erwin uh, Strauss Filthy Pierre. Filthy Pierre's critique, and Conkin gives his own uh, reply, I believe, in it as well. But they're both very short, so I don't see like the, I think the his like critique and the reply is like four or five pages. So we'll probably just knock those both out in one episode and. Uh, then I gotta start figuring out plans for doing agorist class theory, because uh, that'll be a fun one. Um, and uh, yeah, you can actually probably get Wally Conger on. <clears throat> yeah, if you want, l let me know and I'll send him a message. Yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. I uh, I I think I, I really I'm gonna try to hit up Aaron from Timeline Earth just because uh, he's got like this like a uh, he's has an affinity for agorism, but he also has this affinity for like like hardcore tankies so it's like kind of weirdly makes that like right vibe we're going for since we're talking class theory so i think that might make it fun although okay. Wally, it would be kind of cool to also have the author but i just i don't know i like that little flair there You're right yeah <laughs> hell yeah absolutely so, yeah and even though i don't think uh i don't think uh aaron would consider himself an agorist but he's very friendly with the concept so i'd be interested in to go through that um well, all right. Uh, I guess let's get into it. Uh, as always, stop me if there's anything you want to bring up. Uh, I honestly barely even remember a lot of the critiques of Lafayre's, but we'll, I guess we'll probably get <clears throat> reminded by Conkin slowly throughout this. So, All right. Reply Lafayre by Samuel Edward Conkin Third. In one sense, there's little to say to Robert Lafayre's reply to New Libertarian Manifesto. His position and potential response has put, uh, was put forward in NLM as he himself observes accurately, and he responded pretty much as predicted. Our area of agreement and disagreement remains the same. Lafarians are welcome in a New Libertarian society. The converse may not be true, but since they have, for consistency, prevented themselves from doing anything about us, we can live together. Of course, Lefarians uh, need fear nothing from new libertarians. What will excite their righteous indignation, ire, and possible shunning is that we will defend ourselves against aggressors. Uh, I mean, that kind of reminds me of just the, the you know how pacifists and libertarians already interact. So it's kind of like, okay, if you don't want to fight, okay. But I don't think that'll work at large. But um, That's what Conkin's yeah. saying. 
Yeah. Uh, since the pure Lefarians will never be aggressors, they will wax wroth over the injuries or possible injuries to murderers, thieves, burglars, and rapists, with the heroic self-defenders being the objects of their wrath. Their stingless buzzing, I hasten to add, their biteless bark. Um, yeah, I mean... I mean, but at the same time, though, is like you said, they're biteless bark. It's kind of like, okay, whatever. You're going to bitch about us doing about something about people aggressing against us. So, okay, uh, whatever. <laughs> you're not going to do anything about it, so who cares? Um, you had, you're going to say something? No, I, I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I see LeFave's point when it comes to, like, nonviolence. But I, I, yeah. I think Konkin's right that the whole concept of self-defense precludes pacifism. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it really it does. Conkin is right. Yeah, I mean, I think generally speaking, like uh, I think we may have talked about some previous episode. Like, if somebody did something to you uh, in you know, especially specifically in like a agorist world or whatever, <laughs> um, and time has elapsed, you're no longer in a position where you feel at danger or whatever. I do think it's silly to just go and like commit violence in return or. So there's a difference between that and self-defense because I think obviously self-defense, you're trying to prevent uh, the thing from happening. You're in a position where, you know, you could be hurt. And it's like, well, if it's me or you, fuck you. Uh, that's kind of my position. But if it's a if it's a thing where it's after the fact and you have routes to go through that, uh, you know, can peacefully resolve it without, you know, uh, aggravating the situation further, it seems kind of pointless. So exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you anything out of that, uh, no, no, that's pretty pretty much what I was thinking too. Lafayre has done more to increase our ranks than any individual other than Murray Rothbard. It is truly instructive in the diversity of the movement of libertarians to see the total orthogonality. I don't even know what the fuck that means of his critique of NLM compared to Rothbard's. The two views are perpendicular with no overlap. Oh, okay. I think I can tell by context what he means. So they, right. they have very, very different <clears throat> critiques, uh, almost opposite critiques. Um, Lafayre accepts what Rothbard rejects and vice versa, although there's area in the later advanced section that both are expectedly unsure of. Although Lafayre has radicalized and galvanized hundreds of thousands of libertarians, a clear majority of them remain detached from his pacifism. Even though it is his core and absorb uh, the outer layers of his ideology, which turn out to be the very to be very pure libertarianism, his presentation is superb due to his will, skill, and actor's training. I mean, that kind of reminds me of a lot of other. There's a there's some. I'm not gonna name any names, but not that I'm like. I guess actually, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. Robert Murphy. He's a well-known pacifist, and I, I mean, I've never really done a deep dive in a lot of his stuff, and I think a lot of people get a lot of good stuff out of him, and but they just don't take his pacifism, and I think. And I think that's kind of similar to what Conkin's kind of saying here about Lafayre. And and I don't know. I've never really taken a deep dive in like Bob's uh, or even Lafayre's versions of pacifism. So maybe I might find more to agree on than I don't. Because I believe I even heard <clears throat> Bob say somewhere that if he was in a position to, like he had to use violence to defend his family or something, he would. But he's not saying that it would be right or something weird like that. And you're like, okay, well, now we're just kind of semantics. Like, what are we talking about here? Like okay I, I don't know i guess the idea that you say it wouldn't be right but you'd say just because of the situation you would i don't know i might be wrong i feel like of, i'm ignorant in that it's sort of odd that Konkin takes this line of approach though because agorism is sort of closer to pacifism than any other branch of anarchism right it's, it's got the least amount of violence other than pacifism but pacifism mm -hmm. won't work because it doesn't have any there's no there's no way to defend property that's the whole issue and, and, and other than that, really, it's the only time that an agorist will ever employ violence. At yeah, that point, and, it's not violence, yeah. it's defense. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, I think, I mean, I, I remember in earlier <laughs> chapters or parts of this, me and you went pretty deep in this. And I, I can't remember if there were points where Konkin did kind of concede to aggression, per se. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's right. fine with yes. violence, but I, there might have been aspects. I can't remember. But for the most part, it's, I mean, there, it might even be, depending on how you interpret it, the agorist system that he lays down or just what he lays down in general, which I think he even kind of uh, kind of uh, puts it in, in a, a lot of anarchist writers and a lot of libertarian writers do this. They'll kind of propose this idea of how it should be, but they'll concede that like, hey, this is just one idea. This is just kind of my musings on it. Obviously, in a free market, uh, there may be something better comes along. This is just something. Right. This is me yes. giving you an idea so you can kind of imagine what we're getting at. But, you know, in, in Konkin's one, I'm pretty sure, I mean, depending on how you interpret it, there's no aggression. So, like, 
yes, violence, but no aggression. And there's that's a that's exactly. the difference. So and that's the important exactly. And and and, and, so. and in Lefebvre's view, there's not even there's not even that. Yeah, right. That's yeah, the difference. Lefebvre doesn't yeah, even have room could, for that. Yeah, I wouldn't say he <laughs> conflates the two, but to him, the d- distinction is kind of meaningless. It's, it sounds to me that he's kind of saying they're both bad, whether it's, it's aggression not, or it's, violence. Yeah, it's not necessarily. And the thing with pacifism, it's very misunderstood because most anarchists, there's no, there's no really major content creator anarchists, especially in the internet nowadays, that are representing the pacifist movements. Very misunderstood. It's actually, it, it can be a highly effective strategy if you do do it like. Martin Luther King did it. Like, look at the amount of, look at the, how effective he was. And he, he was a pacifist. Look at Gandhi. He was a pacifist. Thoreau was a pacifist. These are some of the most effective anarchists in history. Tolstoy. So it's like, it can work. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's, a, it's a great strategy for overcoming the state, but there can't be a society based around that. You need private property in a, in a free society. Yeah. One characteristic about Lefebvre's position often neglected is all the innovations he has introduced to the philosophy. The pacifist principle drives him to find the most ingenious methods to accomplish protection, defense, and evasion of aggression. That's a good point, interesting point. A few of the best of his followers are students who remain true, true to his basic position. Richard Radford, Caroline Robert Deo, Linda Abrams, Cy and Ricky Leon, and Harry Brown come readily to mind. Harry Brown was a pacifist? I did not know that. Um, all right. He, I mean, he ran for office, so I mean, he. I don't yeah. know how much of a pacifist he could have been. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to dig into him because it really depends how people define things. What you know, I don't know. You get into a wormhole, and I'm I've never really gone into. <laughs> I was just kind of surprised that name came up in this. Uh, but yeah, uh, show the same ingenuity and innovative tendency. We we self defending libertarians can put up with an awful lot of annoyance at being hectored about our violent tendencies or rhetoric in exchange for the value of the product of that pacifist-motivated research. The less to be spent on the overhead of self-defense, the better. Could anything be closer to a universal good? That's a good point. I, I, like, I like that. He's kind of making yeah. the point that, like, well, I may not agree with it. Like, obviously, like, in a certain sense, it's kind of almost borderline the ideal. So if we can get to a situation to where we don't need to use even violence, whether it's aggressive or not, obviously it's preferable. I guess that's kind of almost God what bless. I was getting at yeah. earlier. That's kind of almost <laughs> what I was getting at earlier. Like it's kind of the difference between, you know, like if I'm being attacked, like obviously if I have a, if there is a recourse that you can take that is the most effective and is also results in less violence, that's preferable. So like if there's, you know, if you're in a situation, it's, it's kind of the idea like, um, I don't know. How, how do I put this? Like if you're able to uh, escape or some shit, you know, like you're about to be jumped. If you're able to escape, it's probably preferable. But, you know, most times if say you have a gun on you, it's like, well, we're, I'm going to do what I got to do. This is the most efficient exactly. thing at the period in time. So, right. uh, but obviously if it, if it was more expedient, it would be, and, and less violent, that would be preferable. So it's obviously, it's always, always going to be preferable in a certain sense. That's the ideal to have less violence. Uh, even if you are being aggressive on, if you can somehow reduce the violence that's occurring, that's great. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, we're living in fantasy land. I mean, if you're in a certain situation where you got to use violence, you got to use violence. So, you know, what's the, what's the quote from the Godfather when he says to Michael, he goes, uh, or he says to Tom, he goes, Tom, I'm a businessman. He goes, violence is expensive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's true. That's true of, of Agorism as well. Yes. Given all that, Lefebvre deserves to be answered. In fact, not to answer directly his attacks, as many libertarian theorists choose, is a form of condescension he certainly does not deserve. Frankly, I think his position is wrong, and obstinately so, given all the evidence he has had to face. But there is nothing ignoble or demeaning about it. Putting the pacifism principle in one's mind seems to have the effect of ingesting a psychoactive drug. Flashes of brilliant insight and otherwise inconceivable innovation and uh, invent, invention result, but mostly what comes out is a distorted view of reality. This view seems warped to the straight observer, though it makes perfect sense to the psychonaut. <laughs> Ooh, I had a little burp there. Uh, yet with time and observations, the internal logic to the warp is discernible to the observer. 
Passing over the mutual appreciation section of LaFair's reply, and we do concur in much, one comes to the criticism. Of course, it's assumed that one has read New Libertarian Manifesto before reading this. But even so, a translation of LaFair's warp factor may help no end. First, as far as lecturing libertarians on integrity and making sure they know I'm not telling them to break natural law, I do not believe a libertarian could possibly read NLM and think otherwise. Perhaps some non-libertarian might see such a call to indiscriminate law-breaking, but I'm clearly not the one to reach those with such a lack of reasoning ability. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, the, and I think that if I remember correctly, I believe that was kind of one of LaFerre's critiques. He was kind of making the yeah. point that, oh, you're just saying everyone's just go break the law. And I mean, that's kind of like one of those low In the beginning of his critique. That's yeah. what he was saying. It was all like sort of like straw man and like, yeah. you know, you're yeah, telling everybody just... to break the law and nobody's going to do that. That's not for, that's not how people live their lives and so on and yeah. so forth. Yeah. Which is kind of like a lowbrow critique. We, uh, we frequently get as agorists, which I mean, honestly, usually I just respond with like kind of Chad. Yes. them. but if we were actually <laughs> to have like an, a conversation, I, I'm like, I mean, like, obviously, no, that's kind of retarded. I'm not just saying discriminately go break laws. Like, I mean, have a little right, reason. No. Now, if, it, if it's a law that, you know, like is like there's no moral factor to it. there's nothing wrong with it aside from whatever morality you overlay from some legal thing you conflate or some shit then like if, if it's just like a say with taxes taxes is a great example and it's a common thing with agorism if it's a tax thing if you're able to break the law and get away with it it's taxes like who gives a shit like <laughs> um there is a philosophy, though, of, of, of anarchism that believes in it. It's called illegalism, yep. right? And it has it's a distinct and separate philosophy. It has nothing to do with agorism. Um, but if that's what those people are into, I think those people just conflate the two philosophies because they don't know any better. Yeah, and I mean, like, and I, I can sort of see how people get confused, but it's kind of like I'm just – we're more or less just saying just – see just see the law as more of a roadblock. And, like, if you're able to get around it, get around it. If you're not – you know, you deal with it and you, you move on, you take your lunch <clears throat> and keep moving. So, right. Um, they're confusing. They're confusing the black markets with the red markets. Yeah. Perhaps we need anarcho-therapists for those whose brains have been turned to jelly by overdoses of statism. And while I may have been burned as often as LaFair in market transactions with, ele with alleged libertarians, I have prepared for sale appropriate whitelists of untrustworthy types. As whitelisting is developed by the counter economy, the ripoff rate should rapidly fall. I consider the burns I've experienced to be a startup cost of, Agor of, of hmm. the Agora. Uh, real quick, Larry has a super chat. Made you look, and you sure did, Larry. I appreciate the 10 bucks. What's up, Larry? I, I love it when you pop in here. Uh, it's like your go-to, made you look, and you, you do frequently make me look, and I appreciate you making me look. So, <laughs> By the way, is there a link? For, you know, I, I should probably be sharing this link on social media, shouldn't I? I always uh, stream to the Tower Power Hour page, so uh, there's that. Uh, okay. So you can you can you can share that uh, if you want to, uh, gotcha. while I'm talking or whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, and then like I said, I'll sh I'll share it in like a week or some shit. So um, all right, boo, 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 boo. where the fuck was I? All right, uh, I mean it, I did. I mean I guess there's a little bit of talk on, but not much. He just brings up the point in that last bit about uh, how you can kind of make lists of people who are untrustworthy. Uh, you know, and I guess, I guess that was kind of his response to uh, the illegalism type uh, perspective is like, hey, we're not just saying just go break laws like willy nilly. <clears throat> obviously, if it's something immoral, we will we can develop our own ways of being dealing with those. No, that was when Lefebvre was taught was saying how like, um, you know, people are, are untrustworthy and how he's had bad experiences with people. Oh, Remember all that, yeah, all yeah, that yeah, bullshit? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was and awful. Conkin, yeah. yeah, it was terrible. It wasn't even a real yeah. critique. We shouldn't even spend time yeah. discussing it, but he brought it up. So, like Conkin said, it deserves a response. But it's um, weird that he even brought it up because, like, that's that's like a lowbrow anarchy libertarian critique in general. So, like, well, it's, it's weird that like you would use it for a specific like agorism. Like, I don't know. Like, if you're it's someone a shitty in the critique anarchy, at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just weird for someone in the libertarian slash like anarchy realm to even make that critique. Cause it's like, that that's like one one shit that like most people have already been like, well, we'll have ways. That's super easy. Like you brought up the whitelist. He's like, well, you know, people don't like doing business with shitty people. I, okay. <laughs> and, it's, and it's, it's funny. It's always been that way too. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's multiple examples of in history of like when people just refuse to do like, um, 
when when Lincoln was trying to impose dollars on California and California was using gold. And if any merchant who wanted to use dollars was whitelisted and that's it, nobody would trade with you. Walter Block suggests it um, in his book, Defending the Undefendable, when he talks about how, uh, you know, your reputation doesn't actually belong to you. It belongs to the people. It's like exists in the minds of the public. He goes to like, in reality, there might be a whole list of people who aren't trustworthy that gets published in newspapers and stuff like that. So, I, I you know, obviously, <clears throat> and by the way, the market will figure out more efficient ways of dealing with it with this kind of shit than we will off the top of our heads. Yeah. If I, if I remember correctly, I believe Block that was in kind of response to like uh, uh, him I being against like libel, being against like libel laws and shit. I What's can't up? hear you. Can you hear me? Hold up one second. I don't know what happened. All right. Well, wait a second. I'll wait a second. Anyone in the live chat want to tell me if you can hear me? All right. Boo, 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 boo. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Let me check my settings. I got nothing. I'm, Switch the audio too. I'm good. I'm good on my end. Uh, all right. That's really weird. All right. What the fuck? Give me one second. I'm going to pop out and pop back in. All right. All right. All right. Well, if anyone in the chat want to ask anything, here's your time. Uh, Ooh, what the hell? All right. Well, we are waiting for Sal right now, and I can't have dead space because that's not good. I guess it's a good time to remind you guys, uh, whenever this drops, please share. Uh, especially, like I mentioned earlier, my uh, Twitter is duped, so that was one of my big ways to promote the show. So uh, definitely help out if people like you will uh, share my content. I mean, obviously, if you don't find any value in it, then probably don't share. But if this is something you enjoy and you like uh, – Please share. That way maybe other people can find it and enjoy it. Uh, if not, that's cool. Do what you do. Uh, I mean, I guess if... All right, we got Sal back. Let's see how this goes. Uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, my God. Thank me? God. Yeah, I can hear you. I'm, so... Okay. I don't know what happened. I have no idea what that was about. Weird. Uh, all right. Well, let's, let's keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Larry, you said you can share this with seven other people in Miwi. You know what? Do that. You know, numbers are numbers. Um, Thank you, Larry. Yeah. Thanks, Larry. Uh, LaFair's point about legal action being out of the question after a black market burn has a strange ring. Surely legal action is out of the question for LaFarians in any market, white, gray, or black. In fact, even though not LaFarians in general, New libertarians urge defensive and restorative remedies entirely outside the legal system in all circumstances. No one could possibly threaten you with as much aggression as the state. Calling on the state to eliminate a mugger is like summoning Satan to exercise an imp. I like that. It's funny. Uh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I guess he said that uh, earlier in the affair made it. Uh, we said, I guess he, I, I don't remember this critique. Something about. That legal actions are the question in, in the black market. Yes, I mean, like, which is a like, and he points out, you know, aptly that this is a weird critique from a right. pacifist. That's a good thing. <laughs> that, 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 that's a good thing that that it's yeah. out of the hands of the state. That's a that is an I mean, I mean, maybe one day I'm gonna die of a affair because it's like I can't even understand how you make that critique as a pacifist because like. Well, what was your fucking idea? <laughs> like, well, no, well, I know. Well, he has a whole he has a whole complicated system, Lefave. But like, it, I, don't but know. I would assume it's predicated on <laughs> pacifism. So, like, therefore, it, it would be not with legal action of some sort, you know, or maybe something that you wouldn't necessarily call legal action. So, um, or or you know, it'd be anarcho legal action or whatever the fuck. I'm sure some weird loop. I think I think Lefave's point is more about like how. Like, like, how how do you how do you sort out property claims if you don't have some sort of like like in the black market? There's no like, there's no judge you can take your property claims to. It's like, yeah, but like that's the whole point. It's all based on market activity. And if it was a free market, there would be arbiters and mediators and so on and so forth. Which I mean, once again, that kind of leads to what you know, Conker said and <laughs> I said too. It's kind of like, well, okay, well. Like, well, I mean, like I said, I mean, you know more about LaFerre than I do. So it's kind of like, well, what was your fucking idea? Because we're on the same, wave, same wavelength here. We're both like not wanting legal action or, you know, quote unquote legal or legal under the current definition of what legal is or whatever, you know. 
uh, state there's action. A, there's a there's a great passage in um, "The Moon Is a Harsh Mistress" by Bob Heinlein, my favorite book ever. One of the best anarchist books ever. If you're out there, you definitely need to. Yeah, read I don't think it. you've ever brought that up. No, it's one of the best you. books of all time. <laughs> but like, but like, um, one of the in like, there's a passage in there where Bernardo de la Paz like explains like the whole judicial process, and that is Bob Lefebvre's view. Like that's where he's getting it from. That's where Heinlein's getting it from. Thanks for joining us, uh, Reardon. Oh, sorry, I didn't, sorry to mean to step over here. You no, say? no, no. I was just gonna say it's all based on, on on like voluntary participation and shit like that. You know, it's very yeah. Bob Murphy ish. You know. Yeah. Which I mean, once again, I guess it would be you know voluntary. That'd be something that'd be right. Uh, you could do in uh, the Agora or whatever. But exactly. Our, yeah, our parting of the ways begins where Lefaire sees good laws in the books of the state, and that ties in with his later claim that Agoras would need a legal system to enforce restoration of property what he seems to fail to perceive in new libertarians and most other anarchist libertarians is that we object to the nationalization of the business of justice by the state uh yeah no that's that's a good point i i've done a whole episode on that i god which one was it it was the one i did one of the anarchist handbook episodes with keith knight god i wish i could remember which one it was it was a really good one it was kind of on that the idea of how a legal system would work in a free world uh, and kind of the idea that we, you know, it'd be insanely decentralized. You could have, you could have crazy laws in Cali that, you know, for that those commies love. And then we have our, you know, freedom laws in New Hampshire or Florida or, or whatever, what have you. And like, whatever, like, yeah, obviously it's not ideal in over Cali if they're doing some shit that we find bad, but you know, whatever it's, you know, this is a decentralization of laws is the best way to go. Um, God, I wish I could remember his name. It's really going to bug me. I'll, I'll remember it later. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it was a good one. Um, do, 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 do. There are no laws that the state could have in common with a market agency because the former must legislate with status execution written to law. Market restorers and prosecutors will follow natural law, which is discovered by observation like any phenomenon in nature and apply the natural response or the optimal one among many. Moving onward, we find a Paying, I don't know what the word is. A peon, paying peon. I don't. I didn't think there's a peon. Peon spelled whatever. To self-discipline. Here, here. When Lafayre challenges me on consistency, however, he does strike to the quick. He claims that I accept the right to one's life and property, and then deny it to the aggressor, to an aggressor. But if I yielded up the property of the victim to the aggressor, when I could restore it, then I would be violating my consistency. As far as I am concerned, the aggressor has opened the boundary of his property, not just land property we're talking about, and open up a passage to the stolen property, which is and was never within his boundary, which I reseal after regaining his the missing item. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The aggressor has voluntarily chosen to open that path. The victim has agreed to nothing. Should the victim neglect any retrieval of her, her or his goods, I have the right delegated to do so. The sanction of the aggressor is given to the victim the moment the attack is initiated by the will of the aggressor. I mean, I guess to put it simply, what he's saying here is if I fucking stole Sal's toaster, Sal is fully within his rights to march on down to my house, come in my house, take the toaster, and if I try to get his face, he can fucking push me out of the way and says my fucking toaster dog and get it the fuck out of there. <laughs> it's like that meme. It's like that meme where it's like... um uh uh why do you why do you value it's like it's like it's like the meme where they critique us and they're like hey why do you value um your property more than somebody else's life and then the response is like well why do they value my things more than their life that's the real yeah. question right yeah no for real like you're the one who fucked up so um uh the regressor is voluntary oh no i already said that Lefaire chooses to look at the world from the irrational eyes of the aggressor who wishes to initiate his action and be free of its consequences. Um, I have no intention of faking reality for the uh, for the violence initiator. I'll be I'll be honest. I think that sentence was probably a little bit of a straw man against Lefaire, although a little bit fair. <laughs> but, uh, you know, because I, I don't think Lefaire would agree with that. Uh, I, I would think he probably makes the case that, you know, the, uh, you know, just that violence in, in, in general is not a good thing, which I mean, OK, whatever. Um, I, I, I kind of disagree. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of violence in the right situations. Um, 
I have no intention of faking reality for the violence initiator. Perhaps he can evade apprehension for his theft or attack as one who jumps a cliff can be wafted away in a, struck, a strong updraft. But the natural consequence of gravity is fall to one's death, and the natural consequence of invasion is restoration. Hmm. To make it perfectly clear. Well yeah. said. Yeah. To make it perfectly clear where the fair and I differ, I see no rights of the aggressor being violated by restorative action. If one beats one fist against a rock and bleeds, are one's rights violated? The same natural law applies to striking those who can and do defend themselves successfully. Yeah. Uh, no privilege is established. No feudalism whose prime characteristic was de preventing the serf from defending himself against the Lord's plunder through quasi-religious mystification of power relation exists. Nor has the criminal lost his rights, nor do I make it appear thus. The criminal merely has failed to gain any rights, unearned privileges over the victim. Uh, nor is this the argument of the status. The argument of the status has ever been to disarm those who would defend themselves. Substituting themselves, the status, as defenders is only one ploy they use and a secondary one at that. There have been many anarchists who have denounced pacifists as counter-revolutionary precisely because they objectively serve the state at that point. Uh, you know what? That, that's, I, I don't know if that'd be a fair critique of pacifism because I was thinking earlier, because uh, we were t kind of talking, this is, uh, I'm again, for example, we've talked before about like boog boys and boogs and shit. And personally, I'm against <clears throat> I'm like situationally against quote unquote boob. For one, like, what do you mean? Now, if you're in a situation to where if you're saying defensive violence, sure. I mean, obviously we can get to a situation of what is considered defensive violence. There's an entity called the state that's always aggressing against us. Okay. But now it, a lot of it is just like a matter of just being smart. Like if you're like a few hundred dudes and you're like, Hey, I'm not a fan of this. Let's go fucking, you know, go take down the, 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 the feds. Like you're probably have another thing coming for you. This is just more or less just stupid, <clears throat> but I'm not, I'm not morally against it. I'm just pragmatically right. against that. Like, I don't think right. that's going to work. <laughs> like, like it's right. not going to work out well for you. So, well, there was uh, a, yeah. th there was like a famous story from like, and it was an LP convention, in like Michigan. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but it was like back in the day. And like everybody, like Rothbard was talking, he was getting everybody riled up, the great Murray Rothbard. And uh, <clears throat> everybody was like, we're going to go march on, on the local army base. And they did. And Carl Hess was part of them. And Rothbard was like, I don't disagree with you morally. He's like, but pragmatically, it's not the best of ideas. So I'm going to stay here. Yeah. And Rothbard said they all came back like bruised and battered. They got gassed and stuff like that. So you're absolutely right. But I don't think that's the point that he's making here, though. Yeah. I think he, I think what he's saying is that um, the the critique that he's that he's mentioning, he's bringing up, is that you know a lot of a lot of people say the state wants us disarmed, and the pacifists are sort of helping them along that path by saying, "Hey guys, you know, don't turn your weapons, don't bother anybody, just you know, mind your business and, and leave everybody alone." So yeah, that's that's fair. I guess I'm, the point I was getting is I, I guess I kind of got that, but I do think a lot of people would say people who have my take, like I just said, it's kind of the same thing, but it's like it's a little bit different. Now, from an agorist perspective, now say you had a a, I mean maybe Waco is not the best example, but say you had a uh, a network of uh, compounds or loose association of groups, and you're in a regional area, and you decide, you know what? we feel like we have a well-fortified area and we're not going to let state law enforcement or feds or do <clears> X, <throat> Y, and Z. You know what? I think pragmatically you might be able to accomplish that. Cause now if you're just like a Waco, like you're probably going to get Waco'd cause you're one Waco. <laughs> I mean, I will say, right. I mean, if you watch Waco, they actually, they were, they kind of, they only had a slight bit of, from what I recall, they only had a slight bit of like notice that it was going to happen and they still took out a few feds, so props to them. If they had had a, a little number. bit more, yeah. If they still, if they had like more foresight, because I think I, if I remember correctly, a lot of their weapons weren't there because they had so, or, or something like they, they didn't have full access to all their shit at the time. Now, if they had like known like a day ahead of time, it would be a lot different story. Like I, I still don't think they'd win, but there'd be a lot more dead feds. <laughs> maybe, maybe we wouldn't have to deal with a David Chipman nomination. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? uh, for real. Yeah. 
but now I mean I still think uh, you know this is this is a common critique of agorism. I do think uh, people always like, oh, you're just gonna get Ruby Ridge or Waco. It's like, well, nobody's telling you to go do Ruby, be a no. Ruby Ridge or a Waco. Or like, no. if anything, we want a network <laughs> of Ruby Ridges or Wacos. I mean, obviously not specifically them, but a, a network of people like that. Because ideally, in a perfect world, uh, you know, if the feds decide to descend on some compound of you know freedom lovers of some sort, not saying Waco people were freedom lovers, but I also don't think they were everything that the uh, the press made them out to be. But I think there might be some truth. But ideally, in that situation, they go, they then get on their your their their comms or whatever they have, and they put out a call for help. And all of a sudden, uh, now the uh, the Fed boys or whoever did it have a swarm about them, telling them to fuck off and get out of here. And it, it, you know, like, like there have been situations like in the past. Uh, I, I I wish I could remember. There was some like boob type situations where they were starting to get order organized in the initial i think there were a couple situations where the fed started to do stuff and this is where they started to develop comms and then like people kind of like like gathered up and then they just kind of like backed off because they're like uh not a good idea we're, we're gonna get fucked so yeah, like, yeah. There's, a lo- there's a lot of power in numbers and especially decentralized numbers and this is why uh guerrilla <laughs> warfare has been like the best uh you know war fighting machine for like eternity (laughs) for real there's dude there's only three ways to get your freedom back from when when it's being taken from you you can either ask for permission or you can you can use violence and take it or as we as agoras prefer you can use operational security to to secure yourself cryptography (laughs) encryption stuff like that that's the way to go about it rather than having to ask for permission or to use violence do it. Go, be be the gray man. Blend into the shadows. Don't let them. Don't let them notice you. That's the way to do it. Yeah, and then all along those ways, you're developing connections. Uh, you know, loose network exactly. of people with similar thinking. So, ideally, you know, as the agora progresses, <clears throat> we will get to situations like I described, where say someone's opsec isn't as strong as they thought. They made an incorrect calculation, and say the the fed boys or whoever decide to make a move that we don't agree with, and then all of a sudden, you know. 300 good old boys swarm about them and and a lot of times you know just the force of numbers showing up will just they'll be like okay we don't want this and they'll just leave so you know because they right you know they don't right. want to die <laughs> so, look at yeah. look at um um Ammon bundy remember when, yeah. they, when they when they had that whole standoff look at how different that was compared to the standoff in ferguson missouri which was at the same time right in ferguson missouri there was a standoff but nobody had guns but now in in uh, in I think it was Oregon or some shit like that or Nevada, there was a Montana, standoff with the ranchers. <laughs> yeah, but they were all very well armed. And guess what? The feds went home, right? Yeah. Whereas in the other situation, Ferguson, the people went home. There's a difference. Yeah, because they they know what's up. They know they're not going to win that. <clears throat> I mean, the state likes to act like they're the big bad guy. A lot of that is a uh, there, there's a lot more bark than bite. And don't get me wrong, they are capable I, of making a big bite. But uh, as I think they learned their lesson too after Waco. I think like especially Obama was like, yeah, I don't want I don't want another Waco on my hands. We saw what happened last time. Yeah, and that and honestly, I think like I kind of alluded to earlier, the Feds kind of got off easy there. They could have been a lot worse for them. Uh, like that was the most boneheaded thing in the world. Uh, the idea that you're going to send upon a compound of people that are known for selling weapons and that you're somehow going to effectively execute this. <laughs> like, uh, okay. Like they got, they got off easy on their end. So. Yeah, I know it. I know it. Yeah. yeah. Um, since new libertarians consider non-aggression primary and find the state secondary, we accept pacifists as sometimes allies. Uh, but should it ever happen that Lefarian actually convinces anarchists not to eliminate the state when they could, he will receive anything but my gratitude and can live with all the slaughter and plunder that continues. The state does not say that restitution and restoration are moral imperatives. The state everywhere in all forms rejects rest- restoration in favor of punishment, rehabilitation, and execution. Anything but restoration is acceptable to the state. Uh, yeah, this is true. Uh, ironically, I mean, once uh, to bring up the anarchist handbook, I haven't done an episode yet. I want there's a good uh, Robert Berkman or Alexander Berkman, who is a uh, fuck uh, Emma Goldman's basically boo. Like they're like basically lifetime fuck buddies. Um, and they uh, that was he went to jail and he wrote a good article on that. And he was pretty much like a socialist commie, whatever. But he he really did hit the nail on the head with that one. And he brings up that very point, the idea of that uh, 
that yeah, I highly suggest reading that. I'm eventually going to do that. I don't know who we'll have as a guest, but yeah, it's a great, uh, great chapter. I suggest everyone read because he does really go into that well. And the idea of our criminal justice system is just basically, you know, barbarism. You know, <laughs> glorified is all it is, really. Literally, because it's it, it doesn't do it really doesn't do anything for the uh, person aggressed upon, and it's really just this like it kind of he kind of says it comes from this like. I know barbarous nature of man where we feel like we need blood for things. And it's like, well, you're not really getting your shit back. You're just getting blood. And right, even, exactly. so, all right. Uh, and as we move along, we find <laughs> horror on LaFaire's part over the aggressors, possibly losing an organ. If technology could use it to restore a victim, my heart goes out to the crippled and dying victims, not the obscenity <laughs> of a hale and hardy thug, standing over his prey, withholding the ability to restore the sufferer. I would swallow so my, my one of my favorite one of my sorry not things but one of my favorite yeah, points yeah, yeah. Of, of restoration theory is like if I stab you and you need a liver, then they can just pop me open and take my liver out. And LaFave doesn't like that. But I you know to me that seems completely fair. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's what you talk about. It seems so, fair to me. Yeah. I would swallow my normal aversion to biological lab practices and gleefully wield to the scalpel's first stroke. LaFaire <laughs> can live with himself and the dying victim's gasp if he would not do likewise. Hammurabi did not have anything approaching a restitution slash restoration agency. He had its frustrator and enemy, the state. So far, sure. then, then we deal with different worldviews based on defense versus pacifism. The debate is stimulating and fair. But then LaFaire seems to dump the Marque Marquis of Queensbury. What he sneaks in is the problem of error, of misinterpretation of evidence, and being deliberately misled. My response is too coquet. I forget there's a certain – I pronounced that totally wrong. But uh, suppose LaFaire is blowing up stumps on his farm and was led to believe that no one was near, perhaps quite reasonably. Perhaps someone parachuted down a seemingly safe field and boom, LaFaire discovers the, re the mangled remains. Then what if someone wants to get rid of an enemy and leads them to the next stump to go, then rushes to assure LaFaire that all is clear? Why should I feel any greater problem with errors and restoration than he sees in any other problems in living? And why should he then bring it up? Surely we will always do our best to act safely. The world is constructed such that human action will always contain the risk of accidental violence done to another. In the agorist world, prompt restoration will be the best indicator of an accident's nature. True. Yep. it's <clears throat> a good point. Yeah, if I uh, if I you know if I, if I bumped into your car or something like that, I was like, and I genuinely felt like an asshole it was my fault. I'm going to pay you up front as soon as possible. If yeah. if I was like, hey, no man, you bumped into me, then we would go to an arbiter or something like that. Yeah, and I mean it's an and yeah, I mean accidents happen, but at the same time, it's like okay, but you're the one who made the accident; it's still on you. So it is what it is. Um, right. I mean, in his example, he did bring <clears> up the one person that someone told him it was clear. Uh, I mean, in that example, I feel like it would be on the person who said it was clear <laughs> to to uh, do the restoration. Because, I mean, if I'm about to blow up something and there's someone standing, you know, by the munitions and someone else tells me, yep, you're all good. I feel like it's on them. But uh, right. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some other theory to go into that. But, I mean, that seems pretty clear cut. That's not really my fault at that point. Um, no series of elaborate laws need to be written. Natural law seems blazingly obvious and simple to me and to most disputants for the past thousands of years. Lawyers, LaFaire, and David Friedman notwithstanding. <laughs> Asking the ends to justify the means is by every definition I know what consistency means. The only other possibility is to have ends and means be inconsistent. Nor must restoration and restitution be arbitrarily imposed. I oppose precisely that in Chapter 2 at some length of showing how the market can be used to establish a value. I also explicitly oppose any impositions of fines or anything else for deterrent value over what deterrent is naturally contained in full restitution costs, including interest and apprehension. Hardly cricket of LaFaire to suggest I did otherwise. That's as to, close to pacifism as you can get with respect yeah. to private property rights. Yeah, no, for real. Um I mean, no, that's why like agorism is like, that's what I was kind of getting earlier. It really is just insanely close to pacifism. It's just that one little point of like uh, self-defense essentially. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. 
which, I mean, okay. Um, and to close off this area, finally, new libertarians have no insistence of establishing property rights over the perpetrator of the crime, as LaFerre would have it. In fact, again, new libertarian manifesto insists on the opposite. No property rights over any individual ever. Only that in which the victim already has rights is to be restored, but no less than his or her or than her or his rightful property. All of it. I hate how he says her or his. He always does that. Um, the normal English is his or her. But anyways, let Fair Lafair answer a moral charge for a change. What gives him the right to yield up another property, another's property right, especially to the one who deserves it least? It is fairly clear that my previous statements and articles and accolades for LaFaire, that I have no quarrel with his strategy. In fact, as a tactic, I endorse and practice it fully with the highest success of any tactic. I urge Ooh, other new libertarians to, yeah, I urge other libertarians to sell others one-on-one -on -one if they have any talent or salesmanship. But without a strategy in the package they're offering to sell in this tactical maneuver, there are a lot fewer customers. Here, Rothbard is right. The yeah, whole, Rothbard was a big critic of pacifism. He was not a fan of it whatsoever. Which I would guess. I mean, I don't think I've ever read anything about Rothbard on that, but I, I can instinctively tell that that would not be something he'd be for. It's almost like though, if you're reading, just it's like it's almost like, um, and this is the point I try to make in the book, anti politics, is that like agorism is sort of the next evolutionary step of pacifism. But it's almost like we took the pacifism doctrine and we just like tweaked it a little bit to add that one exception for self-defense. Now it like fits perfect, right? Like mm. you just make that one adjustment and now the computer works great. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, LaFerre's hold on reality, or at least the world I thought we shared, gets pretty tenuous near the end. Crimes are never caused by privatization. They are caused by the will and willfulness of an acting individual, period, including this crime of statism. Why should my observation that transition from phase three to phase four in involves violent revolution betray any of my principles when I make it blindingly clear that it's the state that will initiate the violence without fail? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it, you almost get caught in this world of perpetual subservience if you if once you concede to, to this to the, the Lefavian view of pacifism. Yeah. No, because I mean, like, I mean, his kind of point is that, you know, the Agora would get to a point to where the state would not ignore it. I don't remember if he calls for the the Agoras to actively offensively take over or if it's or no. if he's making the point that the state would then, uh, you know, strike back kind of deal, eventually lash out. Right. But I mean, the, the distinction is kind of meaningless in a sense. But, uh, you know, like either way, like I get like. I, I wouldn't uh, agree with them aggressing against the state, even though that's like kind of a contradiction in terms in some way. Uh, I, I guess it, it depends. You really get into like, what are we talking about here? But now like if you're going to jails and like, kind of like, you know, you know, holding them up and be like, all right, release, you know, certain prisoners or whatever. And then it's like, okay, like you could, someone could make the status case that these individuals are aggressing against the state here. But it's like, no, uh, you know, kind of like what Conkin's getting at earlier with his idea of like how LaFaire critiques him with his like how to reobtain property type deal. It's like, no, we're just kind of making things right. We're restoring things the way they should be. Exactly. So, the natural yeah. state, the market yes. state. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, do, 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 do. If I am to take no action to defend myself, I may be a brave pacifist, but if I flee from the right path because I'm threatened with violence, then I am simply a coward. Surely Lefaire would not have me shrink from the agorist society's fulfillment because others threaten violence. I am not responsible for what they and their compulsive evil do, regardless of how predictable I find it. Finally, I have no origin in left-to-center areas, having followed the path of libertarianism from right-wing statism similar to Lefaire's. Perhaps he refers to my greater familiarity with state leftist arguments due to broader reading. I urge him to widen his background similarly. I see no threat of forceful imposition of free market principles. The act is self-contradictory. And I am glad that LaFerre can read the minds of hardcore states better than I, because we can certainly use his telepathic powers to gain intel to gather intelligence from the enemy camp. Nonetheless, LaFerre's idea about the state making war only against other states is quickly tossed in history's ample dustbin. <laughs> the idea that the state makes war only against... What? That's a fucking retarded. Um, but, uh, well, I guess, no, I don't know. I guess it depends on how you interpret it. Cause I mean, 
but that's you kind of get in a weird semantics area. The idea that they only yeah, declare no, make war against no. those states, like that's retarded. I mean, that can almost just get dismissed without even really going into it. Um, that's just silly. What of the conquest by imperialist states of anarchy in Ireland, Iceland, and Ebeland? What of the countless crushings of internal ins in insurrections in every state's history, including this one, from the Whiskey, Rebe Whiskey Rebellion of the 1790s of Civil War and the 1860s, the Days of Rage of the 1960s? All said and done, this brief, you know, January 6th, there you go. Uh, all said and done, this brief <laughs> reply really is exhaustive of affairs, ideological flaws. Uh, fortified with the knowledge of what to filter from his gen generally superb body of original libertarian work, the student of libertarianism should feel free to dive deeply into the heady waters of uncut, pure Lefarian thought. Perhaps the greatest compliment I can return to him is to conclude that after New Libertarian Manifesto, whether it's a frontal assault by Lefarian and a full flank one by Rothbard, it will full it will withstand any lesser sortie. And I think we'll get to the lesser sortie with with Strauss because I don't even remember his critiques; it was not notable. But it'll be our last episode, so I don't know. Strauss Maybe is he the only one who's still alive. So you yeah. should, don't talk too much shit because he might be watching. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I hope so. I don't know. I don't remember what his critique is. Maybe it's really good, but it's only like two pages. So <clears> that's nah, not. It's all. It's all bullshit. None of these critiques stand up. Strauss yeah, no. was at least a non-political anarchist, though. He yeah. he didn't he didn't believe he was against the Libertarian Party like we are and stuff like that. So you do have to sort of pay attention to what his critiques are and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're at the end. So if anyone wants to pop in the chat while we're doing plugs and stuff, we'll address that because it's a short episode. But other than that, uh, I mean, I guess you want to go ahead and drop your plugs and we'll go ahead and get out of here. Like I said, if you want to drop some in the chat in the meantime, you know, before we finally kill it, we'll uh, talk. The book is anti-politics, anti-politics. Check it out on Amazon. <clears throat> if you prefer, you can shoot me a DM. And uh, I've got a couple copies laying around. I'm supposed to get more. So if you want to pay with crypto, let me know. Other than that, Anarchist Agoras Apparel at agorathreads.com. We're adding more products every day. It's, of course, everything is available for crypto. And 3dprintergobur.com. Um, we should be getting, we're getting the new, this is the first time I'm even announcing it. We're getting the new, uh, stock of Ender printers, the S1 line, which is the brand new, like the V2 was the new one. We're getting the new one. We're getting a whole shipment in from China. And God only knows however long it takes Joe Biden to fuck that up because it'll probably be sitting off the coast of, you know, Long Beach for two months. But anyway, 3dprintergobird.com, um, and that's really it. The book, follow me on social media, and Agora Threads and 3D Printers. That's all I got. Yeah, and uh, this is a No Way Jose show. You can find me on YouTube, all the major podcasts, Odyssey. Not on Twitter anymore, but I am on uh I'm on MeWe and Facebook if you want to find me there. Uh, but, I mean, you know, if you want to get in contact with me for whatever reason, I'll probably be back on Twitter one way or another here soon because uh, that is one of those – I mean, Twitter is such a great tool for connecting with people, uh, you know, you know, other content creators, stuff like that. So it is like – it's really annoying. Facebook's so much clunkier in, 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 uh, in comparison. Luckily, I've already made a lot of relationships and I have things in place. This would be way more of a bitch like, I don't know, six months or a year ago. Uh, it still sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, I'll come back. Uh, but yeah, if you guys, anyone out there needs to go hold me, uh, hit me up on Facebook. Uh, I mean, you can also hit me up on email. Uh, uh, it'll be in the, it's, uh, the email will be in the fucking video description if you want to do that uh, for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, if you want to support me, I like support. I like money. That's, uh, money's a fun thing. Uh, give me that at patreon.com. There's no way Jose 2020. Like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. And like, I really mean that because especially where I'm kind of like, my reach has kind of uh, fucking been uh, been gelded or whatever a little bit here, so it'll be helpful if you guys uh, help me out there. Uh, but yeah, with that, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I think we have one more episode to do, probably. I think there's no way we don't knock out the the critique and the reply for the next one. They're both very brief. Um, and yeah, I uh, hope to see you guys in the chat on the next one. Uh, you know, feel free, especially the next one. Whoever shows up. I have a feeling that'll probably be like a 34 five minute episode. So uh, with that, if you're out there watching it, you know, make sure to tune in for the next one. Uh, and uh, you know, if you want to ask any questions or whatever, that'd be a good time. Cause we'll have a lot of extra time on that one. Uh, but with that, we are out of here. I appreciate you coming on again. Sal. thank you. We are out.